folks we're back here at the uh, matanuska brewing company here in uh midtown anchorage the second podcast here with grace jang hello hello jeff great to see you grace, great to see you gracie J, as i call you actually a third podcast because i did one with the owner matt tomter uh who owns um this place and he uh fascinating guy he was like a pilot in gnome a long time ago and he um started like palm rail house and uh, eagle river rail house anyways i did a podcast with senator sullivan in the same booth a few weeks ago so he was sitting where you're sitting. Wow, that's quite an act so, to follow. No pressure, no pressure. Um, I like the kind of noise we have in the background here. We're having a little bit of, I'm having a beer, you're having tea. I'm having tea, I'm having herbal tea, it's 5.30. It is, fi- well, it's a fi- exactly, perfect time for a beer. We'll have to get you like a double-double here in a little bit, <laughs> take care of you. Um, okay, so I've been wanting to do this podcast for a long time, and I'm very excited. Can you hear me okay? I am. I, I know it's kind of loud. I have the headphones, but you're good? Yeah, I'm, I'm straining to hear you a little bit. Okay, I'll, I'll try to speak up a little bit. So, a um, lot to talk about with you. So, you were uh, one of the few people that were with Governor Walker for four, the whole four years, right? That's right. Um, who else was the four-year people? Pat Pitney, Darwin Peterson, Pat Mini, you know, of course, Budget Director, Darwin Peterson, uh, Legislative Director, um, He's still in the building. I see him. He's working for Senator Bishop now. He is. Fun guy. I like him. Darwin's great. Kind of a kind of a he's kind of a character. I call him my brother from another mother. I like that. Yeah, that's. Uh, I like that a lot. Um, okay, so you, uh, Governor Walker, not governor anymore. You, you were the communi- I guess you were communications director initially, right? So I started off as press secretary, then communications director, then deputy chief of staff. Wow. So you you kind of. Uh, Worked your way up. You started. Press, Austin Barrett was press secretary afterwards, right? Yeah. Now he's back in the Capitol. He is back in the Capitol press with sec- the House majority. So, you told me a story once, and I want to I want to get the story on the podcast. So, tell me how it came to be that you got hired as the press secretary for Governor Walker. Okay. This is a great story. <laughs> it was November fourteenth, uh, twenty fourteen, at five forty two p.m. And the reason I remember the exact time is that. The executive producer at the time asked me, for, since for, I wasn't for for to KTU, excuse me. Yeah, we should probably add that you used to be you used to be in the news media for a long time. Correct. I uh, used to work for KTVA and then KTUU. So November 14, 2014, I was working at KTUU, uh, 5:42 p.m. Friday evening. Wow, very specific. Very time. specific. And the reason I remember that time is the executive producer asked me, since I wasn't going to be on air for the 6 o'clock news task, if I could please escort in the live guest for the 6 o'clock show. I said, sure. And the live guest happened to be then-candidate Bill Walker. And the room where he was supposed to be interviewed wasn't ready yet. So he said, say, Grace, can I talk to you? And he Wait, walks, it was November? November 14th, 2014. So this is, he, he hadn't, they hadn't figured out the election by that point yet because it was so close, So right? the incumbent had not conceded, right? Yeah. Took, took a while to get that thing. It took a few weeks to get that figured out, didn't, didn't it, after the election? The concession happened November 15th. Oh, oh the next, next day. And so... And so uh, so then candidate Bill Walker um, says, say, Grace, can I, can I talk to you? Because the engineer was still getting the room ready. Um, and he says, say, I'm looking for a press secretary. And I was like, confused. Great. I said, do you want me to do a story? Are you asking <laughs> me to do a story on this? Are you pitching a story? He said, no, no, no. And then he says... And then he starts to talk about the qualifications of the person he's looking for. And I'm looking up at the wall, which has the Channel 2 mission statement. And I'm still very confused. And I said, are you asking me for a recommendation on who to hire? Are you asking me for names? And he said, no, no, no. And so we went around like that uh, a couple more cycles. And then the engineer said, Mr. Walker, our room is ready for you. And so he turns it around, puts his hand on my shoulder, and he says, I'm asking you. And I'm... Whoa. I just kind of was taken aback and I made 
eye contact with uh, one of the anchors who was in the newsroom kind of watching this whole exchange. And I immediately ducked into an edit bay, which was occupied by my friend, a photojournalist. And I instantly called my husband and I said, uh, Bill Walker just asked me to be his press secretary, but I'm pretty sure it's a joke. And my friend, who's a photojournalist who was editing a story at the time, starts laughing, and that made me feel like, yeah, it was definitely a joke. I'd be, I'd be like, there's no way that's a joke. <laughs> Nobody's going to joke about that. And so my husband says, babe, I don't think he's joking. And um, then I instantly was like, okay, well, I triggered like a fight or flight response in me, and I was like, I, I got I to leave. I, this, this is so uncomfortable if it's not a joke. Um, and then um, my husband said, no, stay put. Uh, just... Stay. And so I um, escorted him out after the interview, and um, he brought it up again. And I said, you're joking, right? And he laughs. And so I'm like, okay, it's a joke. And then the next day he follows up in an email, and that's when I knew he wasn't joking. So before that, have you, you had been in media, you had covered politics. and I had been ever- in news for 17 years at that point, uh, 10 years in uh, Los Angeles uh, in print media and seven years in uh, TV news in Anchorage. So had you ever thought about you know, going to the other side? And the- It was my identity. If you talk to a lot of journalists who've been doing news for a really long time, it, it becomes who you are. And um, it, it informed my ethics, it informed um, the way I think, it informed my view on the world. So I had not thought about any a life outside of news. And so... Um, when my when my husband told me um, you need to give this good strong consideration I thought about it all that weekend Saturday and Sunday and um, it was what my husband said after you know I had a big discussion with my siblings my parents my husband said if you don't take this you're always going to wonder what if and so the next morning that's true that's a good point He's a very wise man. Uh, the next morning, I told my news director, and um, that was when, that was Monday morning. And then Wednesday morning, uh, I was announced as Governor Walker's spokesperson. I bet the news director was like, "Ooh, great for us! Now we have a good line on on the press secretary." I was saying the news director probably thought it was great because you know they know you and you know they have like a relationship with you. You should talk to the news director. Um, it was. Uh, it's you know it's always really hard when you lose a journalist from a newsroom just because there are so many more demands, especially on local. Well, especially somebody who, who knows who knows the, the the issues and the players and the personalities and, and the context of issues. I mean, a lot of the journalists, the new ones who come up here, don't have any really contextual historical knowledge of a lot of the issues they're covering so they sometimes miss something very obvious that it's not their fault they just don't know and thankfully we've got some great institutional knowledge in all of the newsrooms here in town we've got some great editors and some great longtime anchors and and um, news directors and producers so some of that institutional knowledge is preserved so you took the job and then I mean you you would um you've, you've traveled with Governor Walker all over you went to I think, were you in China um, uh, there was quite a bit of travel for uh, Gasline-related meetings, and Bill Walker worked very hard to talk about all the different economic opportunities in Alaska, and he wanted to share it far and wide. What was what would you say was your best experience or maybe most interesting experience in the four years you were with uh, Governor Walker? Oh, wow, Jeff. That's a tough put question. You, put you on the spot. Yeah. The most interesting Maybe the one that really stands out is like, wow, this is, when you're there, you're like, I can't believe this is happening to me, or, you know, in my life, I never thought I'd be here, type story. Um, well, the most interesting, and probably not for the reason that you or your listeners might think, was um, coordinating the uh, visit to Alaska by Chinese President Xi. So I was in Australia when that happened, but I remember a friend of mine sent me a, a video of the motorcade. And it, it looked intense. Um, so you were you were the one working on 
setting that up or coordinating all that? There was a small team of us in, in the governor's office who worked with the Secret Service and the Chinese government to ensure that that was, that was smooth. Did you meet him? Did I shake his hand? No, I did not shake his hand. Did you see, like, were you, did you see him? Wow. That's amazing. Uh, not another, many people can say they were in a room with a, any president, you know, but especially the Chinese president. It's a, it was really fun to um, work on President Obama's visit, too. I was going to ask you about his, because that was... Surprisingly, same. Jeff, the work put into the uh, visit by President Xi was... Um, actually more intense than the work put into prepare for the visit by President Obama. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a whole never, another level of, you know, um, security probably or scrutiny. Um, and it's you're funny. dealing with a government that's not democratic and so a whole mm-hmm. different set of rules. It's funny, uh, Bill Evans, you know, from the Assembly, former Assembly, he, when, when President Obama came here, he was at the Captain Cook and, and Bill... I'm a member of that place as well. I don't go in the mornings, but he was like there working out. He told me he was on like the elliptical, and Obama came in and was like working out. Like, That's so cool. With secure, like Secret Service, and I was like, That's so cool. Did you talk to him? He's like, No, nah, I was working. He's like, I was running, and I was like, What? <laughs> I would have been like, Oh my god, I need a, I need a selfie right now, President Obama. I'm really security guys. Are we cool? Is this like, don't take me down, don't take me out. Yeah. Um. So so now you've just started your own business, right? Correct. Uh, communications? There's some communications, there's some policy, and there's some strategy, all of the above. A little bit of everything that I did in the four years that I was in the governor's office. So so part of it, I think I heard, is, is crisis communications, right? Correct. So I was going to make a, make a joke here. I could have used some crisis communications about four years ago <laughs> during something called Speedogate. Which you were uh, very, you're probably one of the people more familiar with that than anybody else. And that was before I knew you. So I want to talk a little bit about, we got to talk a little bit about Speedo Gate. Okay. Um, and we've discussed this a few times, but so I got, I applied, I knew Craig Fleener, and then I listed some boards and commissions, and I was like, I told this story at Arctic Entries um, a couple years ago, and I, I got the email saying, you know, congratulations, you've been appointed to the Commission on Judicial Conduct, and I'm, I'm reading it and I'm like, what the hell is that? I've even, never heard of it. So I, I go and look it up and it's, you know, like three judges, three lawyers, three public members and they adjudicate complaints against judges. And I was like, ooh, that seems pretty important. Great. But my first thought was like, oh, great. Like Lisa McGuire, Senator McGuire's chair of the Judiciary Committee. And I go, this might, you know, and then the whole thing obviously happened. But when did you first hear? I mean, you at some point, probably after it, kind of got bigger it, it didn't come to you initially you probably get, got to you after it became a thing it was it was bubbling somebody called you and said we got <laughs> something's going on here with this guy well there were some photos that were circulated right my, my speedo pics of that i posted that that were not a secret that so jeff it wasn't about your attire or your lack of attire it was that's a lack of attire <laughs> yeah i think the mankini one with the australians was the that might have been the quote-unquote worst offender. It, it was about um, it was about the placement of your hands on. Um, oh, that yeah, that, that was another one. That female was, bodies, and, and that that was funny because that one was one that I had taken with a friend, and it was it was her idea. We were at a bar, and I had posted that, and then after I posted it, she said, "Okay," and this is like two or three years prior to that. She said, "Hey, you know, it's my job. You know, just no big deal. Just take it down." I said, "Okay, no problem. Take it down." And somebody, and so that one wasn't even on my Facebook. Somebody had screen grabbed that one. And I think it's like started sending it around. And that was one of the pics that got out there, you know, in the, in the media. Um, so anyway, so, so the whole thing. What was the lesson you learned for that, Jeff Lanfield? Um, well, I, I, I'd say I learned two lessons. One was I never apologized. I basically said, you know, I'm not mad at, I understand this stuff happens, but like, I'm just doing me. And um, second lesson is probably be much when you're doing something like this be much more clear with everybody and I was very clear about people kind of knew who I was and my online persona but def- definitely want to make sure that you, you end up in the right place when you're doing something like this because that was probably the wrong place for me <laughs> um, but anyway so so it became I mean so that those were the two lessons is 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 what 
Um, don't apologize for doing me. Okay. And and that second one wasn't necessarily even a lesson. I guess it was. If I would have been put like on the tourism board or something, I don't think it would have been. I think it was because of maybe hard to say. I mean, I don't know. But look, from that crisis came opportunity. You've even got like a license plate that says Speedo. My license plate says Speedo. You're owning this. So, so um, were you surprised how big it got? Because it really became like Huff Post wrote about it. I got, I mean, I was famous for like, I felt like what it was like to be famous for a couple days because. What did it feel like, Jeff? My phone was ringing off the hook. Okay. Messages, reporters. Like, What's going through your mind? You know, so much was, well, at first, the first reaction is like, oh no. But but then I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. I don't think I did anything wrong. So then I understood it was a political thing. And the thing I really felt bad about was, you know, I, I supported Governor Walker when he ran and I liked Bill and I felt, um, I kind of felt bad that it, that became a big kind of like, there's some things now right now with Governor Dunleavy with some of his appointments and they're drawing a lot of attention. So I felt bad that, you know, I was causing this big thing that lasted, you know, about a week. It must have been, it must have been some awesome conversations in, in the office. So you were worried that you had become a distraction for the governor that you supported? Yes, and I, and I said that. I said that to the media I talked to, and you know, I said I wasn't sorry for having a great time in Vegas, but um, you know, I, 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 was, I felt bad that it was creating a big distraction. I mean, there's very important things happening in government. And What did your mother say? I mean, my parents, they kind of know I'm a goofy a little bit, and you know, they were kind of like, it's really my father. He was like, why would you wear that? That's for Europeans. Europeans wear those, not, not, what are you wearing that for? So, I think he was more concerned about like, <laughs> he was, thought it was great. There was all the women, you know, they, they were all willing. In fact, all those pictures were almost all, you're in, the, you're in Vegas in a Speedo at the pool. People, especially Mankini, women tend to notice that they wanted to take the pictures. It was like their idea. So I was like, I may as well post it myself. This is amazing. So, anyways, that, that so was... So your mom didn't say anything? It was mostly, like, uh, chastising from your dad about your lack of attire? Yeah, my choice of European-style swimwear. Um, and, yeah, my mom was just kind of... She's not super... I mean, she just kind of thought it was weird. <laughs> didn't really have a... <laughs> what's my son doing in Alaska? <laughs> I had people call me from, like, people I grew up with, and they're like, I'm reading about you in, like, Huffington Post. Like, what's happening? <laughs> you know? <laughs> But it was, it was kind of a pivotal event for me because, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I went from being this guy who ran for office once and being on Facebook a little bit and to like, you know, I mean, it was like a huge thing. It was like statewide. It was... You forged an opportunity from that crisis and it's your identity now. Crisis communications. See? See, you're, you know what you're doing. Um, so your new, your new business, you just started it in what, I guess December? Is that because you, your in last January. day was... Your last day was December 3rd, I assume, right? Or Correct. And then I took some time off to be with family, and then I started my, my new business on in January. So it's just you? Are you kind of a, on your own, or do you have any Solo people you're working practitioner. with? practitioner. My, my husband is my IT support. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, I'm having fun. Everything's new. I've never owned my own business before, but um, I... I'm able to do a lot of what I did in the governor's office and during the administration working with all the different departments, policy work, communications work, strategy work for you, my um, clients. Do you ever wake up and kind of, do you miss your, I'm sure you miss your job, but I mean, do you also kind of, I'm sure that was very high stress, right? Every day you're working on a lot of different things and important things. Absolutely. Are, are you relieved or are you more kind of um, sad that you're not doing that anymore. I learned so much in the last four years and the biggest lesson for me when I first joined Governor Walker's office was what I thought was a conspiracy back in my journalist days. I learned it's just a bunch of people miscommunicating. Yeah, I know. I think there's a lot of people don't the biggest thing is when somebody doesn't respond to something or it appears they're hiding something and sometimes they are but oftentimes they aren't they just don't know what they're doing sure and then you start to ask people like me in my shoes right now I say well what's going on why aren't they talking or what's right. what's 
what's going on when sometimes nothing's going on. Like you said, it's just a communication problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, no matter what political party you're affiliated with, being in that office, there's a tremendous amount of pressure and scrutiny. And so I, um, I, I can imagine what they're going through. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, especially when, when you guys started, I mean, it was brand new and, and there was all new, a lot of new people. And, you know, I think some folks had kind of criticized or there have been some, some questions about Jim Whitaker. And so, I mean, there, there wasn't, I mean, and my thing kind of became one of the first deals. It was a big, you know, it didn't help, but um, how long did it take, do you think, to get, I guess, in your stride or? Where you felt like, oh, this is every day is going, you know. Well, first, Jim Whitaker is a great guy, um, and we everything was just so new to most of us. I think it probably wasn't until about year three when we all started um, feeling like, okay, we've learned the basics and if there's a crisis or a fire that comes up we know how to deal with it um, and we just there was the governor just built such an amazing and fantastic team and he had Alaskans from all political affiliations in his cabinet and um, we were all free to voice our opinions and he wanted a lively discussion so that he could make policies that were the best for Alaskans and not necessarily what's best for a party. So at some point, maybe in the year three, did it become maybe, did you feel like you were more proactive maybe than rea reactive? Is that fair to? Uh, yeah, that's a good question, or? Jeff. You know, you always feel like you need to have a combination of um, making sure you're pushing and then um, being prepared to react, and it's uh, it's it's a dance finding did, did, finding um, that balance. So, so, you know, I, I think right now with Chief of Staff Tuckerman Babcock, people have different thoughts about him. But there was Jim Whitaker, and then there was Scott Kendall. Um, what did that? How did that dynamic change? And and really, what, maybe talk a little bit about you were Deputy Chief of Staff. So, what what is maybe what is the Chief of Staff? do what's what's the mm -hmm. main roles of the and then the deputies deputy chiefs of staff what are they sure. kind of doing on a day-to-day -day basis so i think it depends on who um the chief of staff is and what relationship he or she has with the principal uh being the governor um the there were two deputies chiefs of staff uh there was john hosey um, who was based in Juneau, and then there was me, who was based in Anchorage. And each governor's office has a different approach to um, what the chief of staff does. Sometimes the chief of staff is like the chief strategist with um, policies and legislative uh, work. They're also the confidant. They're also um, confidant to the governor. They're also uh, like chief operating officer um are they the one uh interfacing i guess in governor walker's case interfacing with all the commissioners so uh governor walker was very hands-on um and uh did that himself um too but there's just there's so much work to be done that um it was um it was delegated out I think that's the biggest thing in any if it's a government or a private business. If you have somebody who's a micromanager who can't delegate, you're never going to get anything because there's so much. Absolutely. There's so much to do. You have to yeah. figure out, you know, what what goes to the governor. Yep. And that's got to be the most important stuff. And then what doesn't even hit him because it's, it doesn't need to be something he has to deal with. Scott's incredibly hardworking. He uh, was very responsive for two years. I almost wondered if he slept with the phone on his pillow much to the chagrin of his wife I'm sure but um, uh, yeah there's just there's just so much work to be done um, we because of the governor's drive 
I think we got a lot accomplished that uh, we otherwise couldn't have if we were beholden to a party. Mm-hmm. Was it um, was it hard dealing? I mean, I don't think it's a secret there wasn't you know the best relationship always with the legislature. Was was that a hard thing to? I think it improved. Right, no, it, it, I think at times it was maybe you know the long the long sessions that sure. one year when there was all the right and, and there was the Republicans obviously had different feelings about taxes or mm-hmm. the fiscal plan or the permanent fund. Um, I mean, was that did you have a lot, did you deal a lot with the legislative stuff or was that something that the legislative folks kind of more dealt with? We we took a team approach and Darwin was um, the legislative director. We I often said that he had um, the hardest job in the entire state because you know there's. 60 folks to to interface with um, and he did a great job uh, he had backup and support from from the team so going forward I mean you got this business now um, are you kind of is that must be a whole different challenge because now you're having to find your own clients whereas mm-hmm. before you had just one I mean you had your boss the governor Right. So that's a whole different... Well, actually, no, it's about 700,000 plus clients well, that's in good, the yeah. governor's office. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not asking them for money, though, for right. a, con- for a con- <laughs> Sign this contract. Um, I, you know, I have the landmine, which is a small business. and Yeah, um, good for you. You know, it's... It's doing business. well, it's doing. It's growing, and, yeah. you know, I just did my taxes, and my friend helped me, and it's... it's a, you'll notice the great thing about a small business is you can write off a lot of stuff. Like your oh. cell phone bill and your, you just started yours, but you'll, when you do your taxes next All year. Right, you're you, going to have to teach me your I'll, pro I'll, tips. I'll hook you up with my tax person as well, okay. because this stuff's okay. way too complicated for me. These IRS forms are right. out of this world. That's why they're experts. That's why, yeah. That's why, that's why we have communications experts too, like yourself. Um, one more story I want to tell. So. You had told me your husband, you're married, uh-huh. and this is another story we discussed. So you had met him, I call him the milkman, <laughs> because cause you had met him when you were a reporter, right? You were doing a, a story on a dairy farm or something? Uh, um, I had just moved to Alaska from California uh, in 2007, and... My news director uh, wanted to make sure that I, well, let me, okay, let me start over. I'd moved to March in 2007 and um, did a story on Matt Nuska Made. Uh, Ooh, Matt Made. Matt Made, right? Oh, yeah. yeah I remember the state-run dairy. And Andrew Helcrow had written a lot about that like, on his blog, remember? Andrew Helcrow. Hello, Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Um... Andrew just got a great deal on that building down there for $14 million. The LA, the, the APD headquarters. Yeah. Correct. Cost about $36 million to build. And he got it for $14 million. <laughs> nice. Anyway, so you moved up here. Um, and in, in May, I um, did a story about how the struggling state-run dairy the Matanuska made um, was affecting... Uh, a, a, a local family farm, and um, one of one of the farmers was he had, he asked me out. See, I I can't. This is so personal. I'm like, oh. Um, so gr- anyway, what? the I went out. I inter- did the story. You were interviewing him. I, I did the story about the family farm in Point McKenzie. Okay. Which is um, about an hour and a half, two hours drive from Anchorage. And Unless we get that bridge built. <laughs> <laughs> Got to take that up with the government yeah. health folks. Um, and after the story aired, uh, the the son uh, reached out to me, emailed me, and complimented me on the story, and then asked me out, and I was nice. terrified. Um, my news director <clears throat> found out about it, Stacy Fager Palacier, and she to my complete shock and surprise said I think that's great you should go out with him you're new uh, to Alaska I'd much rather you meet someone on assignment than at some bar and um, we'll just take you off of the agriculture beat oh that must have been a real disappointment 
while I lost the coveted agricultural beat. Damn. <laughs> Jeff, that made us a hot story <laughs> back in 2007. Uh, so, yeah. So, I, so, so you, go, you go out with him for like a drink or for dinner or something? and then We went hiking. Oh, um, nice first Nice first date in Alaska. We went hiking uh, to the Prospect Heights Trailhead, and um, that's where we ended up getting married. My news director officiated the ceremony you, three years later. You should, you should, this should be honestly, you should tell the story at Arctic Entries. Oh, really? This is you a know, great I Arctic Entries story. I was invited, and I felt weird about it. But. I've done it, I did Speedo Gate. <laughs> Uh, no, I did. It was a good one, and then I did. Hey, did you term it Speedo Gate, or did somebody else call no, it? No, no, it was. It was. It was. No, it was like trending on Twitter. No, it was somebody Someone else, else called, called it, it yeah. Speedo Gate, and I said, "This oh. is fucking amazing." Speedo and you Gate. embraced it. Oh my and then god! Now you've got a license plate and everything. Oh yeah, I mean, I just we have the, at the bottom of the landmine website. It's kind of a joke, and it says, you know, it's it's like a, a goof, but it's like, I think it says. A, a division of or a, a product of Speedo Gate Media, a division of the Landfield Global Group. Has uh, has Speedo, the company, ever reached out to you? No, but I reached out to them actually. Um, funny enough, in 2016, when I ran for the Senate, I messaged them on was it Facebook or Twitter? I think it was Facebook, and I said, "Hey, uh, I'm Jeff Landfield. I'm running for the Senate here in Alaska, and um, I had a big, inc- inc- you know, incident or event and." You know, involving Speedo, and I sent one of the articles that explained everything. I said it'd be great if Speedo could like get behind me here. I think it could be a, like a win-win for all of us. <laughs> like a sponsor? Yeah, like a sponsor. And it's actually funny they responded. I shared the response on my Facebook page, and it was like, "Hey, Mr. Landfield, um, you look like somebody who's very energetic and entertaining. Um, High we don't, energy. Yeah, we don't get involved in, you know, Speedo's policies not to get involved in any kind of partisan political stuff, but." Um, yeah, best of luck. Thanks. Hey, you got something better than a form letter. They definitely responded. I'm sure they. Yeah. I'm sure the Speedo people in the office were like reading this thing like, oh my God. Actually, recently I did get a gift from somebody from a landmine fan. Uh, I have a picture of it. I'll show you. It's a, it's a custom Speedo that they use for like a water polo team. And it says in the back, in the buns area, AK. In the front is the uh, Big Dipper. And it fits very well. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, um, if you don't want to go into this, we don't have to talk about it. Can we talk about the other thing? What other thing? Involving uh, potentially a, a speedo. I don't know what you're talking about, Doug. Okay. <laughs> Wink. Maybe next. Maybe next time. Well, this has been a great. Um, you want to talk? Can we talk about that? Is that a? That's a next next podcast. We'll we'll do. Uh, this has been a great podcast. I think. Uh, Thanks. Have for you done any interview? On. Did you ever do any interviews? Or you were you were the spokesperson, but you didn't really. I mean, you just kind of spoke on behalf of the governor. You weren't really giving. The governor did. He did the all, interviews. All the interviews, most of the interviews. And you gave you gave me uh, you guys green let me for a couple interviews during the campaign, and then and then I did the last interview with him before he left left office, which was fun. You were there. I was there. I was in the room. Yeah. I think the first one I did, I I walked up to the, it was the Atwood, and I walked in, and I, I felt a very, like, I felt like a vibe, like, oh, God, we're, we're doing this. Were you like, this I have happening. arrived. Here I am. Yeah? I like Bill. I mean, you know what? He, he, uh, he, politics, people can like him or not, but, you know, I, I don't think there's any kind of debate that, you know, he really... He is a genuinely genuine. authentic person. He is one of the kindest people you'll ever meet, and I'm sure you've had that experience. He just really wants to do the right thing. He is a far cry from your stereotypical politician. Oh, I think the whole, you know, how it happened. Uh, very, very unique. Yeah. Well, Grace, has been a great podcast. we got to do another podcast. Okay, Jeff Landfield. We could, we could, we could, we could keep doing about 30 what minutes. What should we talk about? Oh, can I, can I just uh, say, a note? my husband is no longer a dairy farmer. He's now a radiation oncology nurse, so I'm... Oh, okay, good, important. I don't yeah. live on a farm. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, are you milking the cows there? Are you? <laughs> I helped, but no. It's hard work. It's incredibly Wait, hard so, work. So when you were first dating, um, were you like, oh, God, I'm going to be a farm gal. I can move to Alaska to become a farm gal. Who I did not ever think back in 2007 when I was moving from Los Angeles to Anchorage, Alaska, that I would A, end up staying past my two-year contract in Anchorage, Alaska, B, 
meeting a dairy farmer in Alaska, C, helping out with the chores on the farm, never in my entire life. That's what's amazing about Alaska, isn't it? Like you just, you come up here and you just have all these adventures and you meet all these people oh, yeah, and you no. learn great things and... D, D, D being involved in a, in a Speedo gate, you know. Did, did well, that, maybe you and I should do an Arctic Entries about what that was like. I don't know. No, we could. I mean, I, I did. They have like a limit, one per lifetime. I did a second one at the. Oh, they have a okay. Beartooth show, okay. which is a separate kind of like an after dark kind of yeah. more, a little more risque. I did. I, that was about me getting kidnapped at gunpoint in Ukraine. What? Yeah, it's, I'll, I'll send you wow. the Arctic Entries. But yours would be really good about um, how you met your husband, or I'm mm. sure you have a million other stories you could tell about, yeah. you know, working for the governor. Um, so one more question I want to ask you. So you came to Alaska from LA. Most, in my experience, most media people go from Alaska to a place like LA. Mm. They go to like a bigger. They want to go to a bigger market. Right. right? So you yeah. did the opposite. I because uh, I was in print. I was in print media. I worked in um, newspaper and wire service and like magazines in Los Angeles as a as a reporter and. Um, I, uh, I worked for a teeny tiny cable news TV station um, in Los Angeles for about five months before they folded. And I was without a job and was having fun with TV because of all the... You have more flexibility in the stories that you can tell with a video. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you get breadth, that, but with print you get depth. And mm -hmm. I was just starting to learn to have fun with TV. You know, I was just talking to somebody about this. It's incredible. The same story, you know, whether it's the same topic, um, in print and in video. I was just talking to somebody about this. It's so different. Totally different. I mean, it's the same information in yeah. some level, but yeah. but the way you see it or t understand it is very, very different. There are the a lot more thing. people involved in the same story in a TV um, news piece than with a print news piece so how'd you pick Alaska did you just see a job opening or? It, it picked me there was the, the milkman <laughs> no no um, uh, the uh, news director Stacy Faker Pelletier um, it's a big name she uh, is currently the FBI communications director ooh Stacy if you ever get yeah. in trouble you're good no <laughs> I don't think it works that way Jeff <laughs> Doesn't, doesn't, I don't think it works that way. I'm gonna call it a favor. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. She she reached out to me and it just um, it felt right. So you yeah. said what? So when I moved here in 04, mm -hmm. I was 19. Oh. And I, I remember wow. telling, like, you're my, just a whippersnapper. I was a little, little, little guy. Um, my parents and, and mostly my friends were kind of like, this is 04, so it's kind of before like, Facebook was, you know, thing and, you know, like online wasn't you know like google maps right so before sarah palin um so a lot of people were like why the fuck are you going like what are you doing like did you just swear on your podcast oh yeah are you, you can, allowed oh yeah you can say whatever you want i just oh. did a podcast with scott mcmurrin you know the travel guru from yeah, ABN. Yeah. I, I said fuck and he was like oh he's kind of a very high impact high energy very intense guy and he was like oh great i'll say whatever the fuck i want you know <laughs> Yeah, this is this is internet radio. You can say whatever you want. Okay. Say something. Go ahead. I no. poop. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you can say that on the regular radio. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I think people like you come here even now. Alaska's so mm -hmm. much more known for the mm -hmm. TV shows and you yeah. know, Sarah Palin. But um, people are just like, why would you go there? You know, like what? What's Alaska? What do you? Yeah. What happens there? And you know, it's such an amazing place. It's a it's a hidden secret. It's it's like it's our hidden secret. Even I was gone. You know, I was gone for almost a year in Australia, and mm. I loved Australia. I love that place. I really enjoyed it. But it's just something about this place that yep. draws you back. Absolutely. It's someone compared it to Velcro. Oh yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah. Can't, it's like Velcro. Can't get off. Yeah, I've uh, you know back when I was in in news, I had opportunities to go to. Like you said, bigger markets. But, do I offer you a little whiskey in your tea? Or? Do you, yeah, <laughs> you're going to put whiskey in my tea? I don't have any, but we can order Make this some. more high energy? Yeah, just one, one more shout out to a Matanuska Brewing Company here. Matanuska Brewing Company. Thank you for telling me the story about the owner. I, I love that. Because yeah, yeah, it's great to hear about Alaska entrepreneurs. Yeah, and he was a pilot. Actually, you should go back and listen to it, but he was a pilot in Nome, and 
they started this pizza delivery, um, airport pizza, I think it's called, and yeah. they would basically use all of the bush planes to deliver the pizzas to the to the bush communities, mm-hmm. to the villages, and and they would do they did very well, mm-hmm. and it kind of became a huge thing, and kind of how I got in the restaurant business. But you should listen to that podcast, Matt okay. Tomter, very okay. interesting guy, very big guy, very very high energy. If you're gonna own a place like this, you got to be a bit yeah high energy. What's next for you, Jeff Lanfield? Oh, I don't, I'm going back to Juno tomorrow night. Going back to the the it's just such a bizarre ecosystem that building. I, mean, I, I I don't think you could ever explain it to somebody. They'd have to just see it because yeah. you know, most Alaskans go there for a day. They might go for some issue or the visit. They they're there for a day or two. But when you when you and you you spent four years mm-hmm. in there, and I think the thing that strikes me the most is the environment is one that people who talk very badly about each other they try to beat them in an election they they go out of their way to you know try to make them not win re-election they 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 don't hold their feelings about how much they don't like them or their politics in the building they'll 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 like high five each other and they'll be like best it's like really weird it's the only place where you publicly denounce somebody or profess your hate and then you know two months later you're like hugging in the hallway I mean, it's politics. But, you know, Jeff, what I did learn in my four years uh, is that we have some incredibly dedicated public servants working in that building who really want to make a difference. And and I think... um, I think most people want to do good. Most yeah. people, the majority of them are there for the right reasons. Right. And everyone has a different idea of how to get to a better Alaska, but for the most part... I would say more than 90% want to do the right thing. And um, and I think, uh, I, I, I don't think that people outside of Juno hear enough about um, the incredibly responsible, committed, dedicated public servants that we have. And you know, it's not an easy job. You get, um, you get hate mail, you get people yelling at you, you know, you're away from family. I mean, you experience it, and um, luckily I'm single. So <laughs> for now, I I gotta I gotta find me a milk woman or something. Oh, you know? Well, that didn't sound yeah, right, that did it? Not, no. Yeah, well, you see what I was trying to do there. <laughs> Maybe we'll edit that part out. <laughs> Probably not, though. Um, no, that, 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 so, that's yeah, frankly why. So yeah, shout out to our staffers and to our legislators. And frankly, that's why I'm trying to down there do so many podcasts right, like this yes. because. Because yes. you, you, you know you're, you did TV. I mean, you could interview somebody for 20 minutes, and yeah. you're going to do a 30 second or minute just because of the nature of TV. But mm-hmm. the podcast, and I've done a lot of legislators. Some staff is kind of considering it; they aren't really too keen on it. But I did one with, like, for example, Nancy Mead, the director of. The, you know, we talked oh, about yeah. the court system, and you know, she st- is badass. She's bright. I mean, she's so in, in, intelligent yeah. too. About, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to just reach out to folks that. The average Alaskan probably never sure. hears from. Maybe they seem on gavel or something talking yeah. about a bill, but but really, who are they? What's their story? And what are mm-hmm. they doing? What's their job? And mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. wh- like, how, how do they impact you know everyday Alaskans? And mm-hmm. and you know, that's why I'm doing one of these with you because you know you, you've you've seen so much and you've done so much, a lot more than way more than the average person's ever going to be involved in government. Oh, so thanks, Jeff. That's really nice of you to say. Yeah, uh, we're we're like. Uh, we went from Speedogate to like now we're like BFFs. <laughs> I I even met the milkman a few months ago. You did. Remember? You met my husband. Nice guy. Yeah, he's like, like great. Good, I'm very lucky. Good good match. Um, all right, well, Grace, this has been fun. We should do it again. Yeah. I, I did one. Of, the first podcast I ever, ever did was Austin Barrett and Scott Kendall. Ah, you need to revisit that. We should come back to that. That, that yeah. would be a lot of fun. I think uh, Scott's probably a hard yes. Austin's probably a a maybe at this point with his new job. Maybe if you like kept it to certain topics, have a little yeah. He'll probably probably do it. He he gets a bit loose sometimes. He's not afraid to. Kind of Would he get a loose unit award? He could be. He, he he has the potential. Some people never have the potential. Austin Bear does have the potential. How did you come up with that, by the way? Because I was in Australia, and that's an extremely common term in Australia. And I was watching the kind of like the equivalent of like the day. Like the date, what's it called? Like the the equivalent of a date? No, day show. Like the, the oh. what's it called? Like um, the morning show or like you know, date. Good morning, America, or whatever. Equivalent in Australia, and they were talking about a guy who had like been changing like 
he had a daughter and he was like taking her in the men, men's you know, changer and I guess somebody made a big stink about it and the guy's like ah oh, he's a loose unit and I was like what the hell is a loose loose unit I was like I never heard that before and then I looked it up but then I like you'd hear it more and more like oh and he's stuck a, with you he's a loose unit you know so I, I so then I started saying it and how's then that I, accent again <laughs> oh I met he's a loose unit you know something like that and then um, I came back and then when I started doing my, my blog I had been written about I'd written about some of these like characters in the legislature and I told this friend of mine this political political op- operative I said that guy is a fucking loose unit and he goes what's that I told him and he's like so then he started saying it and he's like you gotta you gotta make more of them loose units and then I said oh my god how about a weekly loose unit and at first I was worried about finding one every week and it's like Jesus like some weeks there's like 10 I have to pick from I mean I've never not found one in a year and a half, there is always a loose unit. And in fact, some weeks there's multiple loose units. So far, you haven't made it. Is that a good thing? Oh, I mean, you, some people some people fear it. Some people embrace it. It really depends. Maybe you could, maybe you could really, if you took on some major crisis client and you like blew it, that could earn you loose unit status. Okay. Like, you know, somebody hires you... <laughs> To deal with the crisis and then you know it goes wrong and it becomes a larger that's basically how I think it would happen okay I have a question for you shoot what advice would you give to a high school student or a college student who is like following your blog because you're going into your old my old, your old my, role now you're ooh, no, I told you it's a way of thinking now you're asking you me like, ooh, yeah. I kinda, okay say it again what would I tell us a How? high school or college student, like someone who's thinking about like what next to do, because you probably didn't plan on doing any of this, right? You were just some guy in a speedo. That's it. That's true. Um, I would say, well, the first thing I would say, I would say is take as few student loans as possible. Mm-hmm. Do not burden yourself with debt you don't need. Boom. Um, and then I would say, don't worry about, don't stress or, or worry about having to like have this job and make all this money and be successful and folk, you know focus on from a young I mean travel you know experience the world do things and no matter what you do if, if you don't you know put yourself in this stressful position where I have to be you know the best political the, blogger the, the best whatever it might be you know you want to be a you know a doctor or you want to be an engineer you know don't don't worry about it you know it'll, it'll work out just stay positive and, and and have fun and travel and don't worry about you know I think there's so much pressure now about you know it's hard to you know, get a job right now. Certain people with certain degrees or certain education levels, and I think there's a lot of stress about. Is there stress being a political blogger? For me, uh, yes, there's a lot of stress because it's a you know a matter of how much what to write, and that you, you write the wrong thing, you get something wrong, you can hurt. I mean, you inadvertently do something that can cause somebody problems. You get people who give you bad information, which would try to mess with somebody else. Um, it's to the point now where I mean I, we have so many readers that I mean I, I could use it to, to, to do something nefarious if I wanted to and there's a responsibility like when I first started doing it I really didn't okay some people are reading it but, but it's grown to the point where you know you, you write something and it can affect you know people's lives do you feel like you have a little bit more sympathy for what journalists have to go through every day oh yeah no no yeah a lot and then, and then also people people you know harp on every little thing you say even if it's some tiny thing and like you know I've just I've just started telling people you know they don't like what I write they don't like who I what I say or what I what I write and I said you know start a fucking blog go ahead you want, you don't like what I write do your own because everybody wants to criticize but nobody wants to really do anything about it all they want to do is you know send an email or send a message you know what I'm saying yeah you know they, they, they don't most people don't want to do anything they want to criticize yeah so it's, it's easy to be an armchair critic I mean, it's, it's, you know, a thousand word story, depending what it's about, could take days yeah. or, or weeks yep. to do. Sometimes years. You know, research and, and talking to folks and, yeah. you know, understanding all the, investigating all the back at backstory things and records requests and documents and, you know, and then somebody, you know, basically just reads it and then, you know, bitches for five minutes and on their mind, they've done as much as you have, you know? Mm. Good conversation. I like how I like. I, we should do another podcast where you do the podcast. Okay. You interview me. All right. 
I like that. You, you've, you've got the uh, you've got the mind for it, right? <laughs> the training. How'd you get in the media? One more time. Last question. Okay. How did I get into news? Yeah. It started um, at Lowell High School in San Francisco, where I grew up. I had an amazing teacher named Pete Hammer. It was Pete his Hammer. Pete Hammer is that an awesome name? Sounds like a porn star name. <laughs> what, Jeff? Pete Hammer. Or like a wrestler. <laughs> he was, uh, he was just amazing. He he um, instilled in me a love of news and journalism, and he gave the students license to. That's high school. High school, yeah, yeah. I was I was fourteen when I when I uh, got bitten by the bug, yeah, and then um, uh, stuck with it all throughout college. Um, took a break when I was in graduate school. Um, and then left graduate school for uh, the Los Angeles Times Community News Division. Ooh, Community no big News de- Division. No big deal. I, I, I started off making coffee, um, and uh, and and yeah, just uh, was really incredibly honored to be able to make money—not a whole lot, but make money as a journalist um, and. You have that license to ask questions of anyone, anywhere. It's um, it, it, it's an amazing profession. Pretty incredible where it's taken you. If, if back then they would have said you'd be in Alaska working as press secretary for the governor, you probably would have. Yeah, no. Would have been like, yeah, sure. Yeah, my editors probably would not have been pleased that I went over to the quote dark side and defected to politics. But um, no, it's pretty. I think it's pretty standard a lot of I mean Austin was in media Austin Barrett was in media a lot of pe- people were formerly you know Diane Sawyer George Stephanopoulos they all started off in politics before you know they had their established news careers so uh, yeah it's 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 fun being able to ask questions and learning things when, when, are, when are we gonna see a candidate at Grace Jane oh my gosh Jeff Lanfield Uh-oh. Uh-oh. oh god help it no mm-mm Grace Jane, 2022. Yeah. Oh, Jeff. State I would not do that. To, no. Like you run your campaign. You're How? very high energy. <laughs> it would be very high energy if Jeff Landfield ran a campaign. <laughs> I ran the Josh Reback pack. I know you did. That, that Congratulations. Pretty well. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're approaching one hour, which is. Oh, my gosh. Is a, You're not going to air this whole thing, oh, are yeah, you? Oh, yeah, we are. Absolutely. What? Yeah. That's what we do. It's landmine radio. I thought it was like thirty minutes. Well, I thought for, you were going to edit down to thirty minutes. No, no, for somebody like you, I mean, this is oh, no one's going to want to. Oh, they'll right. listen. Believe me, I, I I look at the analytics. Plus, it's Grace Jane. Oh, Jeff um, Landfield, you're funny. Well, Grace, I appreciate you being here. We're gonna um, I'm Thanks gonna have another beer. You you're gonna have okay. some more tea, I guess. <laughs> and uh, we'll do another one of these. And good luck with your. You want to give your business a plug? If somebody. Grace Jang Solutions. Grace Jang Solutions. Is there a website? Yeah, or? There is a website. It's uh, boring. GraceJangSolutions.com. Okay. So if anybody needs what, communication, mm-hmm. project management, is that? Policy work, strategy. Okay. Uh, I did all of the above the last four years. Okay. Well, maybe we'll get you some uh, some clients. Grace, appreciate it. And Thank we'll you. do another one of these in the future, okay? Look forward to it. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, and uh, Folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast with me in the future, let me know and we'll... Talk to you next time. Landline.